I just, um, yeah, that, that easy thing. It's so much easier than we think it, think it is sometimes. Some, you know, I remember actually when I was in second year school of ministry, this was years ago, I, um, there was a day actually Steve came into class and uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the, somebody actually was, was um, sick that day that was supposed to speak and Steve filled in for their, their slot at the last minute. And I woke up that day and I'd been in uh, Steve's, he's, he teaches, a, he taught a track called Church Leadership and Planting. And I, um, so I'd been getting some of Steve's message and just some of the power of declarations. But I, I woke up that particular day, it was a Monday. It was actually October 3rd, 2011. I remember the day. And um, I woke up that day and I, I told my roommate, I said, I feel like everything's gonna change today. And it just, you know, kind of came out of my mouth, you know, and just, I went, I went to class that day and Steve got up and, you know, he started to kind of do what he does and release these things, some of the things that even will say over and over again, some of the phrases that he just attaches faith to. And he got up there and he said this, he said, today there's somebody in this room, everything's gonna change for you today. And when he said that, there's this faith just, it just ignited in my heart. I just believed that that was my moment. I believed that I was in a divine moment. And my life changed that day. It wasn't like a dramatic shaking on the floor experience. I had an encounter with truth. And I'll never forget I was where I was sitting and I literally just, and I just thought, I, what if I just believe that everything changed today? And, uh, you know, he was, he was talking about past experience, you know, and, and I, I don't even remember all of the message, but I remember that my life changed. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just actually start believing that my life changed on October 3rd, 2011. So I remembered the day I just started, and, you know, Within a couple weeks, I had friends walk up to me and, and ask me, like, what, what happened to you? You're, you're like a different person. <laughs> and I just started, I said, well, my life changed. Everything changed. And they're like, well, what happened? I just said, oh, I just believed something. I, I believed God's truth. It changed everything. And I just believe that this, this weekend today is is that for you that this this is this is your moment and uh just say this is my moment <laughs> this is a setup <laughs> amen it's true it's easier than, than you think and um i you know i grew up around kind of <clears throat> uh, the renewal. My parents were really impacted by renewal and, and just holy laughter and people, you know. I remember my oldest brother, uh, when he was 16, he, he, he got in my, my parents' living room. They, my parents would do these, these prayer meetings in our living room on Thursday nights. And my oldest brother was in the back playing Legos or something. I wasn't even really in, engaged, but 
All of a sudden, I heard my oldest brother screaming, and I ran in, and I watched as my older, oldest brother, Joshua, was shaking violently on the floor, screaming, and one second screaming, and then the next second laughing, and it was like he was getting like electrocuted, and it was like an hour, like he just, it was like, you know, my, my dad said later, if he wouldn't have seen some of these things, he, he would have called 911, because it was pretty scary, but he knew that it was God, we all knew it was God, and, and he got up the floor, off the floor, and he twitched for a week, like this. <laughs> Yeah, he twitched for a week, and uh, <laughs> and I went to public high school, and he's twitching, like, you know, and people, so people are asking, like, well, what happened to you, you know, like, well, I, I went to this prayer meeting, and I've been twitching ever since, <laughs> and I remember just thinking, like, is this for real, like, and I would, like, sneak into his room when he was sleeping, and just to see if he was still twitching. <laughs> and there he was, sleeping, twitching. Well, this is real. This is like, <laughs> this is the power of God. And I just thought, man, this is, this is so cool. But, you know, one of the things I love about Steve's message, you know, those kind of experiences are so precious and you know I sign me up you know <laughs> sign me up <laughs> sign me up but sometimes sometimes we we can overemphasize those 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 things that seem you know like those electrocution experiences we think man if God would just zap me like just give me the one-step program anybody just want the one-step program I'm like but sometimes it's 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 really simpler than we we realize. And this this whole thing of, you know, Steve was talking about last night. It's easy to believe truth in the anointing. When when you got goosebumps on your goosebumps, and you know the power of God, you're just in that tangible presence of God. But what about the next? morning what about Monday morning <laughs> when you're not feeling it <laughs> and this whole message this is this is where the rubber hits the road and um you know I was telling Steve last night I love the vocabulary he's starting to use with this the language of explaining you know the way we're transformed the two ways we're transformed you guys remember I'm sure last night I think somebody brought it up again this morning but you know Number one, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And number two, we're transformed as we behold him. So there's these two kind of like realities. And, you know, people that tend to be a little more right brain, left brain, sometimes kind of emphasize one of those. <laughs> but we need both of them. We need the beholding of his glory. We need those electrocution experiences. <laughs> Sign us up. Well, by the way, today, we just, we just believe for that. And even, even just in this room, plug us in, Lord. <laughs> we, want, we want to get zapped. 
we want to behold, we want to behold you. And um, at the same time, we want to we want to renew our minds with these truths. So I believe God's doing that. He's doing that. He's doing it. And and there's a um, there's a beauty in the mystery of walking that out. That it's not like a formula. It's a relational adventure. Amen. So, mm, just put your hand on your neighbor. <laughs> just say, zap him, Lord. <laughs> Ready? Amen. Okay, yeah, give it up for Steve. He's going to... Anybody appreciate Levi? Yes. I hear that Jehovah's Zapper is on the move. <laughs> I love that. But I love what you also said. Ultimately, it's not what the person who prays for me believes whether I'm free. Ultimately, it depends on what I believe, whether I'm going to be free. That's why, you know, if we're a conference junkie, you know, I, I like conferences. But I can't put my faith in the man or woman of God that I've got, got to have them pray for me. I mean, I love people praying for me. I love that. And I'm going to keep doing that. But my, my faith is not just in the one moment or the one person or uh, they create breakthrough. The anointing creates breakthrough, but it's a truth that makes us free. Will make us free. So love that. couple things, and then I, I just want to say, and then I, I, I want to just go after the joy of the Lord. just want to, I just think, like I said earlier, uh, this, this meeting is full of um, movers and shakers, serious people in the Lord. And I, I just think today is a, a day of just, um, of kind of recalibrating our joy Laughter is kind of like the pressure relief valve. <laughs> Leadership's pressure. And then you add what's going on in the world that wants to put a uncertainty, you know, that uncertainty wants to put pressure on us. And uh, just, But I want to say a couple more things about just this whole thing about hope, renewing the mind and beliefs and I remember when I was asking the Lord to show me lies I'm believing, he took a phrase out of Genesis 3.11 where God asked Adam, who told you that you were naked? And he took the phrase, who told you that, and began talking to me. So I would say something like this, I don't have the gift of healing. Let's laugh at that, by the way. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, who told you that? Hmm. That's a good question, Holy Spirit. Probably not you. I know who told me that in my past. My past experience told me I don't have the gift of healing. He says, well, why do you call yourself by your past rather than who I call you? <clears throat> uh, well, Lord, the reason I call myself by my past rather than who you call me 
it's because all the other Christians around me do it, and I thought I was supposed to, too. Let's laugh at that as well. Ha, 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 ha. I would say I don't remember names well. Let's laugh at that, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. Let's give an extra laugh at that one. Ha, ha, ha. Who told you that? Past. I would say I am a disorganized person. Ha, ha, ha. Who told you that? My wife. Ha, 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 ha. She told me that. Ha, 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 ha. No, it's really my past. Well, Steve, we got, we got a pattern here. I like to call things by the future, and you like to call things by the past. I thought you said you wanted to be like me. Uh, well, Lord, I thought being like you was just acting like you, not thinking like you. I would say this area is hard for the gospel. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> Who told you that? The past, a couple prophets mentioned it too. <laughs> How many of you know prophetic ministry is not primarily diagnostic? The purpose of prophetic ministry is not to diagnose the past and create an identity out of it. I mean, the old model of prophetic ministry caused more problems than help. Calling it by its experience. This is an oppressed region. I remember I was in one city, they said prophets came by and said, this is a pastor's graveyard. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing. I hear from somebody who's supposed to be a prophet who's actually giving identity based on experience, then that becomes, that becomes part of the problem. Again, we don't deny it. But we don't deny the past. We just don't get our beliefs from it. We don't deny it's been hard. We just don't call it hard. Because once we call it hard, that becomes the stronghold. That, that calling it by its experience is, becomes bigger than anything the devil's doing. I believe the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities. They're Christians who are agreeing with the past. I believe that's a bigger problem than anything the devil's doing. So thank you, Lord, for seeing. Just thank you for just opening our eyes to see even people. You know, we see people not based on their past, but on their potential. All right. Got a lot more. By the way, just a couple things I want to say about our ministry, and then we're going to go into the joy of the Lord. Um, you can find out about us at ignitinghope.com. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of things on Igniting Hope Facebook as well. Just a ton of videos on there if you are interested in that. And um, we, um, 
We have online things. We have, we're starting in September, in actually a week and a half, probably the biggest thing we've ever done as a ministry. We're starting a five-month, what we're calling a transformational mind renewal course. And it takes the five steps of radical mind renewal and takes a month for each. Like the, the first month is the month on hope and knowing that where we don't have hope, that's under the influence of a lie. So we take a whole month on hope. We take a whole month on uh, second step is, is putting language to the lies, creating the lack of hope. Actually saying this is what I believe. It's very enlightening just to say this is what I believe. Sometimes it's discouraging to say this is what I believe or I'm tempted to believe. Yeah, I, I believe that it's too late. I, I believe I've messed up too much. I believe that I don't have the gift of healing. I believe that, uh, you know, what, whatever, putting, putting language of what we believe and taking it out of the light, saying, okay, this is, this is actually my belief system. I don't believe I speak well in front of others. Whatever, just okay. It, it's, it's not for condemnation, it's information. What, what is creating the lack of hope? And it's... it's it's lies that create the lack of hope. And the third month is going after the joy of the Lord. Fourth month is going after truth. And the, the power question is, what do I need to believe to have hope in this area? About a year ago, I remember talking to Wendy and my wife, and just I was battling for hope in an area, and she, I was talking to her about it, and she asked this, Steve, what do you need to believe to have hope in this area? That's the question. That's the question. What do I need to believe? Ah, I need to believe my prayers are working. I need to believe that if I'm supposed to do something, God's going to show me what to do, and he's going to give me the power to do it. And in the fifth month is, is just going into the renewing of the mind through uh, declaration, through meditation, through imagination, and just intentionally activating what we believe uh, in our faith. And so it's a, it's a course that um, probably take three, four hours. We've got a couple different levels of it. Uh, it takes probably about three, four hours a week. Um, most of it's we've designed it to be podcasts and other things so people can do it at any time. They can listen to things in the car or whatever. But, so if that's something you know, that interests you or you get a spark on, you can find out about that at ignitinghope.com. Um, one of our goals, um, one of my personal visions is, is that belief training will become more popular than physical fitness training. Because nobody wants flabby beliefs. I don't want flabby beliefs. And so we've got this whole thing about belief training, belief workouts that we're including. And that's that one of our goals. I've got on our staff, Igniting Hope, a, a belief trainer. And she does online sessions of, of just applying these things with people. It's kind of like Sozo a little bit, of, but a different angle on that. And we want to certify belief trainers. And because I believe this piece is, it's not the whole pie. This message is not the whole pie, but it's a, I believe it's a major piece of our lives and leadership. And so we're, we're, we're developing that. You can pray for us about that. And um, 
Yeah, so. All right, you guys ready for a little joy? I want to share my journey. So in the 90s, and, and Levi just mentioned this, I think you mentioned the phenomenon holy laughter. Well, <clears throat> I was, so I wanted hope, but I didn't really want joy. <laughs> that was me. Uh, and, and then this phenomenon holy laughter broke out really in the 90s. I'm in meetings and people who were not planning on laughing would start laughing and they would try to stop laughing and could not. Sometimes whole sections of people would start laughing who weren't planning on laughing would try to stop and couldn't. Sometimes preachers would come to the pulpit fully planning on preaching and all they would do would be open their mouth and also would come out of their mouth would be laughter. And, and, and Levi, you know, I, I observed that and I was troubled and uncomfortable. <laughs> I said, God may want us a little happy, but I don't think he wants us that happy. <laughs> I'm going to look in the Bible and see if joy is actually in there. Because I don't think it's in there that much. <laughs> and then I found out it's all over. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I basically told the Lord this, hey, Lord, when all my problems go away, then I'll be joyful. Is that okay with you? He said, no. He says, you don't need strength at the end of the battle. You need strength in the middle. My joy is actually your strength. And pretty much for everybody in the room today, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> Got too much going on, negative things. Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. <laughs> I've got a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I believe our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. Proverbs 17:22, we've talked about it. A merry heart is good like medicine. Dr. God said, Steve, I've got a prescription for you. I want you to laugh heartily three times a day. <laughs> and science is caught up with the Bible again. And proven the health benefits of laughter. You can just do an online search of laughter and health. You're going to find a whole lot of good things. People have lowered high blood pressure just through laughter. We build up our immune system to fight off disease through laughter. It says in, what's it say in Psalm 1611? What's it say? In his presence is halfness of joy. <laughs> is that what it says in your version? What's it say? Oh, full, fullness? Fullness. Mm, fullness of joy. Ooh. <laughs> we may not be outrageously joyful every time we're in his presence, 
But if we're never outrageously joyful in his presence, we may not be as much in his presence as we thought we were. <laughs> a chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. Let me say that one again. That, that was fun to say. A chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. David prayed this prayer in Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I don't want to get as low as David to pray that prayer. I pray it today. I, I, we, why, don't you, why don't you just say it with me? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Yeah, restore that to me, Father, the joy of your salvation. What's it say in Psalm 100? Serve the Lord with grumbling. <laughs> no, serve the Lord with gladness. Hmm, there's that word gladness again. Wow, gladness. I believe this when we've let go of gladness in in a ministry assignment or a life assignment, we've hit the lid of our ministry influence. I'm not talking about a bad day or a bad week. I'm just talking about consistently letting go of gladness. Because gladness is one of the signs that we're faithful at the level we are. And God, God's... One, there's an irrefutable law of the spirit that if you're faithful with where, we're, where you're at, you'll get more. You'll get more influence. You'll get more provision. And, and I said last night, faithfulness is not just how you show up. It's how you think when you show up. And all of us, every one of us in our assignments, there's reasons why we should not be glad in our current assignment. Let's laugh at that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> All of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. The grass always looks greener on the other side. Yep, those people who work at Bethel Church, they don't have any problems. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. It's perfect there. Yep. They just float around on clouds, <laughs> singing kumbaya. I love you, bro. I love you, man. Ah. We're always feeling good. <laughs> All of us have got reasons why. We shouldn't be glad now. And, and I, I do. I just, um, I believe this, that when we're able to go after the lies that are creating the lack of gladness in the season that we're at. Because, you know, the, Jeremiah says it this way, if we can't run with the footman, how are we going to run with a horseman? 
if the stuff, if the level we're at is constantly draining us, then trying to pray for more isn't really going to work. And by the way, the Lord's releasing the oil of gladness over you today. And I'm, I'm just actually seeing people who are within your current assignment and feeling a victim of your job, feeling a victim of, uh, of whatever in your environment. I'm seeing that, that that thing is being, there's grace for you to let that thing go right now. Just say, I received that. I love that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hebrews 1.9, similar, I've quoted this. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. He had an oil. Isaiah 61 talks about the oil of joy. And remember in this season, basically the Lord said, Steve, I want you to pull out your oil of gladness dipstick and take a look at it. <laughs> I pull it out, there's nothing on it. <laughs> yeah, oops. Oops. What happens to a car engine that runs out of oil? Seizes up, burns out. What happens to a leader that runs out of the oil of gladness? So many verses. Luke 2.10. The angel is going to announce to the shepherds the purpose of baby Jesus. How many think that was an important announcement? I don't think the angel just talked off the top of his head. Not sure what to say here. I'll just throw something out. Work with me here. Here's what I believe. I believe they had committee meetings in heaven. <laughs> to decide what the angel was going to say. I can imagine a meeting, an angel said, I got a suggestion of what we should have the angel say. Yes, brother angel. <laughs> I think he should say this. Behold, this baby's going to grow up, build a church, and you better tithe. <laughs> <laughs> that was vetoed. I got a suggestion. Let's have him say this. Behold, this baby's going to grow up and tell you to read the Bible. I mean, of all the topics in Christianity, I don't know how many topics there are. I mean, there's hundreds of topics. Can you just think about them all? Prayer, discipleship, prophetic, healing, evangelism, discipleship, fasting, church, teachers, doctrine. Man, you can think, oh, of all the topics of Christianity, guess what topic they chose to have the angel tell the shepherds? They said this, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. Wow, I'm, I'm starting to see this. Hey, maybe, 
Maybe joy is not the optional fruit of the Spirit. Man, that was what was decided on. Maybe this is important. And great joy, not just a trickle of joy, great joy. And, and for all the people, not just for certain people, all. Say, say that includes me. I love great joy. I've, I've got a dog at home. He's a black lab. His name's Duncan. And he's one of my joy mentors. He's one of my joy mentors. When I come home, um, Duncan doesn't just walk up slowly. Look up and say, I'm joyful on the inside. Now, he's got joy unbarkable <laughs> and full of glory. Joy unbarkable. I mean, he just, I mean, his, his joy shows. I mean, he, he, he's wagging his tail so hard, I'm concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. When I grow up, I want to be like Duncan where my joy actually shows. Verse that really gets me, though, is Romans 14, 17. It says, the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is one-third of the kingdom. Maybe I should prioritize it. What would you think if I said, I don't have the right personality for righteousness? <laughs> That's what you do. You'd laugh at that. And, and so I said, wow, if it's one-third of the kingdom, I didn't really believe. I heard someone say once, joy is one-third of the kingdom. I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. It can't be that important. <laughs> and then I, I am absolutely convinced now it is. I'll tell you why I'm convinced. Because when I said, okay, I am not going to wait for joy to hit me. I am actually going to pursue joy. I'm going for it. And... By the way, there's no convenient time to go after joy. There's never, ever going to be a time, wow, everything's lined up, not battling any personal things, family's all perfect, all finances are perfect. Yep, I'm only hearing good news in media. <laughs> Now's the time, it's all set up, yeah, amen. There's never going to be that time. So we're going to have to decide in an inconvenient time. I decided inconvenient time. There's not, not a whole lot happening. I said, I'm just, I'm going to go on after. You know what I found out? It's kind of like you're going up to the, when you pursue joy, it's like going up to the headwaters of joy. It's like having a backpack on and you've, 
the higher you go, you got to get rid of things. I'd start walking up there. The Lord would say, hey, Steve, you know this, uh, you getting easily offended and hurt by people? <clears throat> uh, yes, Lord. Uh, you can't take, you, yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know you, you, would have no, you don't relate with that at all. I know. You, know, you know that thing, Steve? Uh, yes, Lord. He's, you can't take that up there with you for joy. You know this uh, critical spirit you call discernment? <laughs> yes, Lord. Uh, you can't take that up there. You got to get rid of that thing. You got to find out what that's all about. You know this unworthiness thing where you're always beating yourself up? And Yep. Can't take that thing up there. That's got to go. You got to get to the root of that thing. You know this impulsive decision-making? I uh, yes, Lord. You got to get rid of that thing, too. You got to get some people in your life to help you. You know this victim mindset? Ah, uh, yes, Lord. I know that well. <laughs> you can't take... You got you to you fi find out what that thing's all about. You got to get rid of that. I mean, God, oh. It's kind of like, you know, the guy um, in John 5, he's by the pool, and Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? Lord's asked me that. Steve, you want to be made well? <clears throat> Let me get back to you about that, Lord. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Because if I'm made well, I got, I got to get rid of my excuses. kind of like my excuses. <laughs> and, and I found out this about joy. It's, it's actually going to accelerate you getting healed up, getting rid of some stuff. And it, I believe it's one third of the kingdom. And so I, I was wondering, though, if it's one third of the kingdom, why do we not hear more messages on joy? You know, probably the first 15 years of my Christian life, I could count on one hand how many messages were just on joy. So I talked to the Lord about that, and I basically heard this, that uh, under a religious mindset, it's impossible to be joyful. Because if you are joyful, you're not getting it. Because if you really got it, you'd understand God has just about had enough of you. He's about had enough of you. He's so frustrated and disappointed with you, he's about ready to implode. You prayed one hour, you should have prayed two. You gave $20, you should have given 40. You fasted for three days, but you ate a marshmallow on day two. Ha, ha, ha. And now God is angry. <laughs> Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection. But families celebrate and become joyful with progress. The more religious the church is, the more uh, per perfectionistic will be the less joy.
Because perfectionism in the religious spirit marry each other and they create an absolute joyless environment. But families celebrate and become joyful with progress. I got seven grandchildren. My oldest is named Caden. Mm-hmm. I like that name. I think when he was learning to walk, our daughter Heidi would like send us texts. Caden took a step. I got excited. I got joyful. My grandson, he took a step. Heidi never sent me a text. Caden fell down again. Caden fell down 50 times today. He's such a disappointment to us. He's an embarrassment to our church, I mean our family. If parents were like many Christian leaders, here's what the parent would say when their toddler's trying to walk and falling down. Quit trying to walk. You're being presumptuous and prideful. It's clear you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, you wouldn't be struggling so much. It wouldn't be so hard for you. Besides, if you had the gift of walking, you'd already be walking. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? <laughs> I think I'll say that again. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? It's clear that in God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty that he has predestined you with the gift of crawling. <laughs> Be content in the state you're in. Don't try for anything more. God wants you to be a walker. He'll just zap you. Poof. You'll just instantaneously start walking. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. I used to think I had a good year because I hadn't failed. And the Lord says, yeah, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> I was like the one talent guy in Matthew 25. Ah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong. I'm not going to do anything. That guy wasn't celebrated very much. Just laugh at these lies. If you tried to speak in front of people and it was difficult and you struggled, it means you did not have the gift of speaking. Ha, 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 ha. Let's give an extra laugh. Ha, ha, ha. 
If you try to walk in joy and hope and kept falling down into discouragement and depression, it means you do not have the ability or gift to walk in joy and hope. Ha, ha, ha. Because if you had the gift, it'd be easy. Ha, ha. If you tried to lead something and it did not go well, it means you did not have the gift of leadership. Ha, ha. Because if you had the gift of leadership, you wouldn't have a struggle. <laughs> delayed reaction back. <laughs> Just delayed. <laughs> yep, if, if you try to get more structure in your life and it's difficult for you, it means you do not have the ability to get structure in your life. Ha ha. Ha ha. I'll say it again, those who succeed most also seem to fail most. We don't, when a toddler's learning to walk, we don't just stand around and say, uh, you know, we're not going to, with our arms folded, we're not going to give you any kind of approval until you walk perfectly. <laughs> because we don't want you to feel good about yourself while you're learning. We need you to feel bad about yourself because that will motivate you to walk better. <laughs> That's what I do to me. I did to me. Steve, I don't want you to feel good about yourself until you're walking perfectly. I mean, it's so amazing, you know, I mean, the same culture that created 11 world changers created a Judas. Even in leadership, if our goal is to prevent Judases, we're probably never going to have 11 world changers. We'll never get a world changer. If our goal is to try to prevent negative things from happening, that negative bent is actually going to prevent greatness to arise. And it's the same way with our own life. If our life is just, we're just trying to prevent bad things from happening, trying to prevent ourselves from doing wrong things. If we're, if we're defensive focused and, and not learning how to celebrate progress in our life, we're probably not going to, release the world changer that's in us. The greatest doctrines have the greatest power also have the greatest, um, the greatest ability to create problems. They do. I mean, the grace message has, if it's properly understood, it can create, people can interpret it as, as a license to sin. But if we try to just weaken the grace message, then we're probably not going to be able to release the world changer that's in us based on a fear. And certainly we need to say, this is what I'm not saying in our messages at times, but if we're trying to, I'll say it again, if we're trying to prevent something 
then the, the great the greatness is not going to come out of us. And I'm with people today who are going to get the greatness out of, out of you like never before and out of other people. And this whole thing about joy, celebrating progress, not perfection, that's how I want to live my life. You know, I don't stay constantly euphoric. My goal is to make my low places higher and not stay as long. Well, I just I used to go this low and stay two weeks. Now I just go this low and stay two hours. Woohoo! Ha ha ha! I'm growing. Now I used to go this stay two weeks. Hey, I just I just stayed one week. And I didn't go as low as I used to. But the perfectionistic religious mindset would say, you can't celebrate yourself until you're perfect. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. All right, here's how I want to wrap up today. You guys good? I think when Levi said, man, Levi said, what did you say, October 3rd, 2011? And when you said that, I looked at the date. August 29th, 2020. Somebody's, somebody's going to say, that's the day my life changed. Someone's going to do just what Levi did. Yep, my life changed. That's Saturday. It changed. Mm -hmm. Someone in this room is going to do that. And it's going to go Here's how I want to close. Um, if joy is one-third of the kingdom, then at least one-third of us should believe that one of our primary assignments in ministry is to advance the kingdom through joy. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It's one of mine. It's not my only one, but it's one of mine. And, and, and probably there's going to be more than one-third here because you're going to have to make up for some other places. <laughs> and it's not all of us here. Not everybody in the room will, will believe that's one of our primary assignments. That's okay. But for some of you, it is. And I really felt like um, I wanted to just uh, acknowledge those of you who believe that and, and just... Uh, pray, I want to pray an impartation over you. So if you believe that one of your primary assignments to advance the kingdom through joy, just stand up right now and just stay standing. Wow, that's, that's a big percentage. And if you're not standing, it's okay. I mean, it's, wow. All right. I was going to have the people who are sitting to look, say to those who are standing, <laughs> uh, we need you, but there aren't enough sitting actually say it. But if you are sitting, just turn to a couple of them and say, we need you. Yeah, and if you are standing, just, uh, yeah, tell each other, we need you. We need you. They're all online, yes. By the way, I'm excited to be here tomorrow. We're going to have a great day tomorrow. And I know there's other churches represented here. I just, we bless your churches as well and what the Lord's going to do. And 
so exciting just to come to Phoenix and in this area and just because this, I, I sense this message, I'm not just speaking to people who are listening. It's a message that's going into the atmosphere. And it, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to grow. It's going to increase. It's partnering with what God's already doing. So, Father, I thank you for those who are standing. I want you, if you're standing, I want you to get in receive mode, whatever it means to you to receive. <laughs> An impartation just for whatever level of, of how the joy of the Lord is operating in you and through you. This is an impartation for increase of that. An increase. Paul said in Romans 1.11, he told the Romans, I long to be with you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift so that you may be established. And there's something he said I can do in person that I can't do through a letter. So, Father, we thank you for the power of impartation. And Holy Spirit, just thank you for those who are standing and who believe that one of their primary assignments is, is the joy message and the joy release. And I just see God just giving you strategies and ideas and creative ways. And I see in meetings that you're going to have that people are going to break out in joy. You're not even going to do anything. I see books out of people here on joy. I see courses on joy. I, I see uh, people having ministry of how to bring joy into the family. Thank you, Father. Joy-filled leadership, the happy leader. I see a book coming out called The Happy Leader. Thank you, Father. So, yeah, I just release in the name of Jesus an irrevocable impartation of the joy of the Lord as a, as a joy arsonist. <laughs> I just release over you just a, an activation like never before of that and for your life. If you receive it on the count of three, I want you just to release a very hearty faith laugh. One, two, three. <laughs> Ha 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 He's good, isn't he? Amen. Just give the Lord a clap offering. Give him thanks. So good to be with you guys.